Welcome to LMNOP. We're the podcast about the best show on television, Elementary. and Stitch, the animated series. Have you ever wondered if Stitch's experiment 626 would happen to the 625 other experiments? Well, have I got a show for you. Sounds like a show. That did exist. 625 is just like an alien dude that like talks like a person and eats sandwiches. Does he look like a person? No, but he he, like sounds like a person. He just like talks. But they made Stitch into a little goblin boy. Yeah, well, you know. He's a dog. It's not, you know, he wasn't trying to make these monsters more and more human-like. He was trying to make them uh, evil creatures of mass destruction. But he also, so he was but, trying to make them more human-like. <laughs> the noises you make when I make a joke are not always English words. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about elementary. We're not talking about Lilo and Stitch, the animated series, the musical, the TV show. Elementary with Lilo Lou and uh, Johnny Lee Miller? Mm-hmm. S- J- Johnny Lee Stitch. <laughs> Stitchy Lee, nope. Johnny Stitch Miller. You can make little, like, dolls of Johnny Lee Miller, kind of like the doll that Lilo has in Lilo and Stitch, the movie, and you could call them Johnny Stitch Miller, because they'd be like little stitched dolls. Stitchy Lee Mi- Yeah, you can call anything Stitchy Lee Miller, or Johnny <laughs> Stitch Miller. But it, it wouldn't make as much sense calling a, a basketball Johnny Stitch Miller. Yeah, it would. That's okay. his name. <laughs> This episode, we're talking about season two, episode three, called We Are Everyone. Everybody. Oh, it's everyone? Yes. No, it's not everybody. No, it's everyone. So even though that we've been singing Backstreet Boys, everybody, back and forth to each other for the last ten minutes. Yeah, I thought you just had that stuck in your head. So Yeah, I did because I was wrong about the show. You thought that it was... I thought it was everybody. No. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Whoops. Backstreet's back all right. <laughs> well, if they're a computer hacking organization, shouldn't they be every one and zeros? Oh, that should be my nickname. You... I'm Alec, a.k.a. every one and zeros. And I'm Val Flight Cub, a.k.a. fiction winner. Oh. As opposed to reality winner, winner, famous leaker of state secrets. EP. Yes. Google her. Anyway. Did you like this episode? I did. It was very fun. There were twists and turns. There was uh, uh, Sherlock showing it to the... That's not the right word, but but showing it to the cops. <laughs> Just whipping out his dick. Flashing everybody. <laughs> He's like, hi, FBI. <laughs> you don't see it. It's like that scene in Sarah Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's like waving back and forth at the towel and you hear the... You 100% see um, Jason uh, Siegel's dick in that movie. Oh, I watched a 
see i watched a pg version i guess yeah you I must have seen it on version. tv or something yeah you a hundred percent see his dick flopping about it's funny though because you still hear the sound effects <laughs> so that's how you still get the humor of it yeah <laughs> that's a weird choice just and then i'll show my flaccid penis flopping back and forth yeah well you know what people show flaccid boobs on tv all the time so equality don't just blink at me <laughs> What's a flaccid boob? A non-hard boob. Duh. He's showing up the police. I think is what you meant. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. There's also a lot of Joan become detective. Joan is fucking dope this episode. Fuck yes. She doesn't even need Sherlock. She could have done it all on her own. And she did. All on her Joan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes? (laughs) (laughs) So good. Should we start talking about what happens in the episode? Sure. So this starts in a taxi cab, a man writing a manifesto. And it's like his voiceover, and it's like sounds very serious, but I was like, is this the musings of an incel? Are we supposed to, like, think this guy sounds cool? Because he doesn't. Because he's like, it's weird to think that all these people will soon be wondering, who is Ezra Kleinfelter? Which I just realized, that's a reference to Ayn Rand, who is John Galt, right? I don't know anything about what you're talking about. All I know with, like, the hackers and leaking stuff is Edward Snowden was played by, um, I almost said Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I don't think that's right. He was in a movie. That's all I know. I don't know anything about And Rand or... Ayn Rand. Okay, I don't know anything about your Rand or... (laughs) Well, she's a writer. She Mm -hmm. was a writer. She's very um, anti-communist. She grew up in communist USSR. And she wrote all these books about individualism and libertarianism. And um, she's kind of an asshole. But anyway... um, there's this book, there's this question in Atlas Shrugged, who is John Galt? That's what I know about that. Okay. So he's like, I'm just like John Galt because I'm cool and important. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's writing his manifesto in the taxi and then um, he has a little uh, me every time I get car sick and try to fall asleep in the Uber and then we get to my destination moment. Taxi driver is like, hey, buddy. Get the fuck out. We're here. <laughs> Please leave so I can get another fare and provide <laughs> soup for my family. Soup for my family. These cans are soup for my family. (laughs) But yeah, uh, he's like, oh, sorry, I got distracted by my own brilliance. And he goes to swipe his card. Mm -mm. Denied. Gets declined. And then he looks out and he sees (laughs) a bunch of cars, black cars, black SUVs roll up and men in black suits uh, roll up. And there's like, I feel like there's like flashing lights in the windows of the car like those yeah. dashboard sirens yeah the ones that are like we're cops we're cops but we don't want to tell you <laughs> and he's like row, row they're on to me mm-hmm. um, they froze my accounts yeah at, at first i was like oh they know where he is because he just used his credit card but no they know where he is because he just drove to work yes yes <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, they froze my accounts. <gasps> the feds. And then he he sends whatever email he was writing with an, with an attachment, 
Which, good on him, remember to add an attachment. Yeah. You know? Well, hey, Google nowadays lets you know. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you've used the word attached in this email. Did you mean to attach a, a file? You said the following is attached, and um, it's not. There's nothing. So, so either you're a liar or a goddamn idiot. So, like, I'm not going to take the fall for you for getting to put an attachment. <laughs> you can't be like, oh, I guess Gmail ate it. No, bitch. I've, I've told you, so now these souls are not on my conscience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As one Sherlock Holmes says later in this episode. Mm-hmm. At the very end. So, yeah. spoilers for a line of dialogue. Ooh, what, what could it be about? Mm-hmm. It's about an email attachment. <laughs> Yeah, G- Gmail's like, you said the word attached in this email. Did you mean to send an attachment? And then I'm like, no, I'm trying to break up with this person because they're way too attached to me. <laughs> no. Um, and then he's like, it's the feds. And he runs out. And the taxi driver is like, hey, you didn't pay your fare. And he gets out and he's like, hey. And then he starts honking the horn and like directing the feds to the guy who's yeah, he's running like, away. Men in black. That guy. He's right there. But I thought at first he was just like really mad that the guy didn't pay his fare. <laughs> He's like, you mm, didn't mm, pay me. I mm, mm. honk. Don't honk. Understand. Honk. Your honk accent. Honk. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, what was the Ezra thing? He didn't have any cash on him just to like toss the guy. That's like Fugitive 101. Yeah. Now we go to Joan at a playground. And she's on the slide. <laughs> and she says, wee. No, she's not. She's sitting on a park bench with her friend who has a kid who's like... Emily. Emily, yes. And Emily's like, Devin, that's not your bob. And sharing is caring. I'm a mom. Kids are dumb. Mm-hmm. That's just the vibe I got from this scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she says, I'm surprised you volunteered to come out with me. This is like Lord of the Flies. And I'm just like... Did you read that book? Those kids kill each other, Emily. Yeah. Like, just because you call your son Piggy. <laughs> just because you relentlessly bully your son. <laughs> anyway, she's hanging out with her friend and her friend's like, do you get any like real world time, you know, to just like do people stuff? And Joan's like, um, I'm doing it right now. She's like, yeah, I'm not just constantly trying to solve murders and hone my detecting skills. And then she gets a text from Sherlock and it's a picture of a... Uh, dead doll. It's a dollhouse crime reenactment, crime scene reenactment. It's so funny. It's just this like little doll, like face down in front of her bed. And the, her, Emily looks at it and is like, is that doll supposed to be dead? And Joan's like, yeah, he quizzes me every once in a while. <laughs> he creates little scenes and, and tests my skills. Yeah. And she's, she writes back like suicide by medication overdose, no murder involved. And then the, <laughs> Then the friend is like, you really should make some, like, normal, you should try to, like, meet people maybe, date. And Joan's like, I meet people, my life is normal. And then she gets a text from Sherlock that's a family of dead dolls at the dinner table. (laughs) Just slumped over in their soup. Yeah. (laughs) She writes back a gas leak. Yeah. She's like, these aren't even hard. And the friend is like, it's not your birthday, but happy birthday. I got you a present of... The television version of, like, eHarmony. <laughs> I made you a Bumble account. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's... True Romantics. True Romantics. Not to be uh, confused with True Romantic, which is apparently, like, a jean store. Like, denim. True Religion. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. But you shouldn't confuse being romantic with being religion. <laughs> 
I love Jesus. Yeah. If Girl Defined has taught us anything, it's that those two things do not mix well. And if Girl Interrupted taught me anything, it just don't interrupt girls. I never should have come out to you. Maybe you would interrupt me less. <laughs> <laughs> Free game now. I can talk over you all I want. <laughs> you wanted equality. <laughs> She's like, you know, I already paid for a six-month subscription. I set up your profile on it. Use it or don't. But, you know. Use it. Do. Use it. Yeah. And this is where Joan is like, my life's not that weird. And she gets another text and she's like, this doll's suicide is obviously staged. Nobody sticks their head in the oven anymore. (laughs) And she's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So now she goes back to the brownstone and there is this man who is like, how is Sherlock so good at... Playing backgammon, do you train with him? And Joan is like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> He's like, oh, you're not just used to older German men in gray suits sitting in Random. your living room playing backgammon? He's actually supposed to be Belgian. Oh. And I was like, he's not doing a horrific French accent. <laughs> Doesn't seem right. Hercule Perrault. Hercule Perrault does not talk like that. Um, I'm waiting for the episode where Sherlock Holmes meets Hercule Perrault. Uh, which one of them is a time traveler in this scenario? Um, well, in this world, Hercule Perot could just, you know, live in the modern world the same way Sherlock Holmes does. Well, I didn't think of that. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Sherlock Holmes books came out before a lot of Agatha Christie's books, mm-hmm. right? I believe so. So, really, Hercule Perot would be like a young guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like some 20-year-old Belgian guy, like... I can tell that you're having an affair. <laughs> and he only has one mustache. Uh-huh. He hasn't grown the second yet. <laughs> he hasn't gone through second puberty yet. <laughs> second face puberty. So this is very convenient. Sherlock comes back in the room and he's like, oh, um, oh, let me let me quiz you this. What did you think this guy's last name was? I have no fucking idea. Are you kidding me? Oh. I just know him as the German in the gray suit. He's not even German. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was confused. I had to put, I put on subtitles for this because it sounded like Jer- Sherlock said, Oh, Joan, I see you've met Mr. Moolah. Hmm. It's Mueller. Mueller. But it, with his British Mueller. accent. Mueller. You want to do what? Mueller. One- <laughs> <laughs> and be interrupted. <laughs> um, so Mr. Mueller is like... Um, the camera is following Joan today, so I'm just going to sit in this room and wait until Joan comes back so, to explain stuff so the audience knows what's going on. Right. Very kind of him. Because Sherlock is like, he's not. he said he wasn't going to tell us until everyone was present. <gasps> all concerned. And that... No, he said all concerned parties. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But that would have been... Would have been like a little foreshadow. Yeah, a little foreshadowing. And said this a three shadow. Because it's not? Because it's not. Yeah. It's <laughs> not foreshadowing. It's, it's not foreshadowing. So he says that uh, he represents a consortium of like-minded individuals who'd like to ensure the safety of Mr. Kleinfelter, uh, a.k.a. the guy from the opening. Ezra. Ezra. Because he's like, you know, the government that's hunting, you know, the people that are hunting him right now want to, like, just kill him. We want to have him... Torture him first. (laughs) (laughs) We want to give him to an embassy so he has... Fair, a sympathetic embassy. A sympathetic yeah. embassy. An embassy that goes, oh, they're there. Aww. 
Oh, someone will want to fuck you one day. <laughs> He's like, I'll just keep leaking state secrets until then. <laughs> All you have to do is change everything about yourself. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, now you, I'm sure you're suspicious. So, you know, if you want a couple days to investigate us first, and Sherlock's like, nope, we'll take it. Thank you. Um, and then he's like, now Joan gets really grumpy if she doesn't have her mid-morning nap. So <laughs> you need to leave. This is my uh, favorite Joan excuse uh, so far. I mean, Joan being a, a bodyguard is, is great or the, the top American security expert. Uh-huh. But Joan needs to take a nap or she gets a little gumpy. <laughs> I love it. Sherlock is just, this is why he can't just have Angus. Uh, he needs another person to be like, well, I would love for you to stay. Mm. But, you know, Joan is about to explode. So we got to give her her medicine so she doesn't explode. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. She has a condition. She has a condition. Yeah. So I originally thought that this was he was part of everyone. Me too. And I was like, did they just like send their fanciest guy to Sherlock? Yeah, right. And he's like, we are legitimate because I am wearing a suit <laughs> with three pieces. Most of our members have built on their necks and stained on the sweatpants. But I have long hair that I have combed directly backwards. I'm wearing my fancy pants. <laughs> I call them fancy because they match with my jacket and my vest. <laughs> so Joan is like, Sherlock, why did you just say yes to this guy? Like, we're aiding and abetting a fugitive if we do this. And he's like, well, I just said yes to get him off our backs to put him at ease because we're definitely going to follow him because he's definitely up to something. So we got to def- divine his nefarious plans. And he sends a picture that he took of the guy's face to a facial recognition software expert person that he knows you know whatever he doesn't just know this person he helped uh, design the software for them or whatever yeah he didn't do that well he did something yes <laughs> he goes he goes now i'm not saying that she owes me billions of dollars but she could do me this one favor <laughs> <laughs> he helped her get the patent i do like this because it like opens up the world of sherlock holmes so like a million things that you just don't know about Mm -hmm. because he's been doing everything that he's been doing for years and just meets these different contacts and helps people in different ways and yeah he's everywhere yeah it's like that kim possible running bit where like whenever she needs a helicopter she just can have one Mm -hmm. (laughs) because some some guy owes her a favor or whatever Yeah. yeah so they're gonna get that analyzed and they're gonna follow him and divine his nefarious plans And the reason Sherlock says that he knew that that guy was fake was because... He was German. (laughs) And you can't trust them. Again, he never said he was German. No, but his accent did. He said he was Belgian. Yeah, well, he's a lying piece of shit. You can't trust him. Okay, but why didn't Sherlock trust him? (laughs) Because no Belgian is that bad at backgammon. So elementary just making up ethnic... And nationality stereotypes, left and right. They're like, the Chinese gamblers hate the number 14, and Belgians are great at backgammon. Listen, sometimes when you write detective stories, you've got to just make stuff up about <laughs> other countries. Italians love stabbing people. Yeah, they, it's, they love it. Um, I wonder if... I wonder if backgammon was invented in Belgium? Hmm. No. It's an ancient board game. It is, its history can be traced back nearly 5,000 years 
to archaeological discoveries in Mesopotamia. Hmm. Is Mesopotamia Belgium? N- no, it's Mesopotamian. <laughs> potato, potato. Potato, potamia. <laughs> Mesopotato. <laughs> this next part I find really funny. Joan and Sherlock are following this guy, you know, the so-called Belgian who sounds German and isn't either. <laughs> And he's like, I knew that this guy was nefarious. We just have to follow him to figure out exactly what his plan is. And Joan is like, I'm not saying he's good, but can you stop saying nefarious? I've said it like 15 times in the last 10 minutes. He's nefarious. <laughs> his nefarious plans. I just love that. Like Sherlock just gets excited about stuff. I love Sherlock's language. Yeah. It's great. There's a great moment of that later in the episode as well. So Sherlock hears back from his facial recognition contact, and he's like, this guy hasn't been photographed in a long time, but the orbital bones don't lie. This is Elliot Honeycutt. And this is a picture of him from like 1975, and he's in like a military uniform. Mm. And this guy's history is like, he worked in the military, and then he worked at this consulting firm that turned out to be a cia front oh shit and then he did something else and then uh joan is like reading the little you know little dossier or whatever and and uh sherlock cuts her off to be like and now he works at reading encryption or whatever the place where ezra used to work and joan is like how did you know that and sherlock (laughs) points to a building that has huge letters that just say reading (laughs) that mr belgian is walking into (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so now we get our intro Marble and a full one. Yeah. I also want to correct something. I was, um, I don't re-listen to my own podcast, but uh, we mentioned one time that the marble rolls through dried blood at the end of this sequence. It doesn't. That, we were confusing that with the marble or, or the marble rolling sequence from the um, safe room. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm pretty sure that I was referencing the marble in the safe room. At that point. Well, I said it wrong. So. Oh, okay. Well, if you said it, then yeah, you were wrong. <laughs> if I said it, I was making a reference. Uh-huh. Yeah, you were being totally correct. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're at the police station and they're uh, researching Mr. Kleinfelter. And Joan has found his blog uh, about Kleinfelt- Kleinfelterianism. Because libertarian was already taken. <laughs> And she's like, looks like most of his philosophy was he liked reading Ayn Rand and he wanted to date his neighbor and she kept turning him down. Sounds like a fun dude. Sounds like a really cool guy. I want to hang out with him. (laughs) I feel like this episode, like sometimes with Copaganda, you don't really know if they have like an agenda. But this is like, this episode is like, people that leak state secrets are incels and losers. (laughs) Like, he... He probably has some some good point. He's probably not leaking, like, just random shit. You See, know? I was saying, I think that this episode is all about the duality of man. Uh-huh. And and how, like, not all... People are not all good or all bad. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can, you can leak state secrets, which is, like, super good and cool. But then also be a, a total fucking uh, creep and loser. That's true. On the other hand, there are people like Chelsea Manning who are fucking cool, just all around. She had a Lady Gaga CD. <laughs> she heard about this? No. She One way that she smuggled secrets out of, I don't know, wherever she got them was burning them onto a CD that she then wrote Lady Gaga on. 
Anyway, Sherlock is like, this is a strange little wrinkle. Um, you know, usually leakers just leak all over the place. You know, <laughs> they can't control the... <laughs> They're just in- incontinent. <laughs> but, but this guy only leaked to this woman, Celia Carroll, at the village dis- dispatch. One journalist instead of... All of the papers in America? But why? But why? Wouldn't you get better spread and coverage with all of the newspapers? Well, maybe he only wanted one journalist to spread for him. Oh. Uh, uh. He only wanted to be covered by her. <laughs> I definitely know how sex works. <laughs> um, and Joan is like, well, she looks like this. So maybe that has something to do with it. And she's like, pretty. Yeah. And looks just like Ezra's neighbor, probably. Probably. <laughs> and then while they're they're here, they're, Joan is like, what are we going to do with him, by the way? Sherlock is like, we're going to find him. And Joan is like... Yes, after. <laughs> after that, what are we going to do? And Sherlock's like, well, you know, I don't know if he's a hero, but he certainly doesn't deserve to be, like, hunted and executed by his old boss. So... Very few people do. Yeah. Yeah. Some old bosses deserve to be hunted and killed by, by their- me. I mean, uh, hypothetically. (laughs) Anyway, so that's as far as they get with that. And then they're talking to Celia Carroll, whose initials are CC. So let's just call her CC. 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 Her new girl. Yes, yes. (laughs) Wee wee. And they're talking to her and they're like, so are you housing Ezra Kleinfelter? Do you know where he is? Do you know what he's up to? And she's like, no. 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 And I gotta go. I'm really busy. I'm doing a bunch of news interviews. Which, I don't know why. I find it, it's perfectly normal, but my brain's always like, why are journalists on other news things? <laughs> right. It's like, just, you have a place to put yeah. your stuff. Like, like I mean, it, it 100% makes sense. But like, when I listen to On Point Radio with Magna Chakravarti on NPR uh, and WBUR, uh, whenever she has like guests on that are like, so-and-so with the the Washington Post. I'm always like, this is weird. <laughs> and I'm also like, yeah, but they've, they've been doing research. Right. They're and, the ones, yeah. <laughs> and they have the info and they know stuff. <laughs> and that's another way to spread the story as well. Yeah. yeah. Sherlock says to Cece, you know, has, he, has Ezra ever come on to you? Because according to his blog, you're his type. You are bespectacled, lean. And possessed of an alluring curve of flank. Got a nice butt. That's Sherlock's way of saying nice butt. Like, I, I felt I felt a little called out here um, because my dad gives me crap um, that I have a type and all of my partners look the same. Almost all of them have had glasses, long brunette hair. It's somehow involved in theater or the arts. <laughs> well, that's like saying you have a type that's like, all of your exes have, like, two legs and <laughs> share a hobby with you. Like, yeah, that's just a lot of people. Like, if all of your exes were redheads or, like, my ex, you dated someone with long blue hair, they broke up with you, and then you dated someone else with long blue hair. <laughs> that's a little more like... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, talk to my dad. Why? Is he my type? <laughs> yeah, he's got long blue hair. <laughs> So now we get some Joan detecting. Ooh. Because Sherlock's like, you're sure you don't know where this guy is? And Cece crosses her arms and leans back in her chair. And she's like, no, I don't know where he is. Stop asking me. And Joan, as they walk away, Joan is like, uh-huh. Yeah. It, it, as soon as she said that, Joan 
looks over at Sherlock, gives him a look. Mm-hmm. Because people who are uh, unaccustomed to lying, you know, get defensive the second time they have to do it. When they have to repeat a lie, uh, they will go into defensive posture, which is, you know, crossing her arms and leaning back. And Joan knows it. Joan just immediately, she's a detective. <laughs> so great. And then this is like, <laughs> Sherlock is like patting his resume here. He's like, now we have to analyze her movements and determine how she's getting in contact with Ezra. Because clearly she's lying about, you know, being in contact with him. And, and Joan's like, you mean we're going to stay in one spot for a very long time? <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock's like, yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, they're doing the thing we just said. Sitting. Sitting. Waiting. Looking. Wow. I'm nodding sagely. It does, it's not coming across. So, Joan strikes up a conversation with Sherlock. She's like, do you think we're like, do you think we're cut off from the world? And Sherlock is like, no, we're making a new one. One that's perfectly suited to our needs and has no extraneous something. Which kind of just sounds like, yes. <laughs> We're cut off from the world. But she's like, you know, we didn't, we never date. We never, we don't have friends. We don't. Yeah. He's like, I am engaged in making the world one that is better to live in. It sounds very noble when he says it like that. It, it does. It's also kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, he just likes it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he is also, you know, curating an experience for himself. So Joan is like, well, look, I'm, I'm going to use my new true romantics account. So be nice if I bring someone around. And Sherlock is like, you won't, but okay. <laughs> and she's like, what, what do you mean? Why do you think that? And he's like, well, I used to think that love is a delusion. But then I met Irene Adler and she forced me to change perspective on that. But then she turned out to be a murderous criminal. So I think back to square one. And he says he feels liberated. Mm -hmm. A word that he uses to mean sad. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, I, I've been liberated from happiness. Yeah, I've been, I've been liberated from the delusion that I could have a nice life with someone. And he says he's post love. Mm -hmm. Which all of this has nothing to do with Joan and why she would or would not take someone home. Yeah. It's like, Joan, you're not going to take anyone home because I once dated a criminal mastermind. You're not going to date anyone. Remember when I got my heart broken? <laughs> Sherlock, we're two different people. Yeah. Like, Irene didn't fake her death to me. Yeah. Irene <laughs> didn't have sex with me, unfortunately. <laughs> Irene hears that and is like, we can work something out. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> so now they see Celia. Cece. Cece. Cece has, is... In, is um, is, is, uh, is, um, She's left the TV interview has walked down to the lobby of the building she was in and she's chatting it up with like a security guard or something mm -hmm. and she puts her bag down and then when she picks her bag up it's not her bag it's the it's another one that looks exactly the same that was in the same spot that she just put her bag down on it was a little switchy roo and sherlock is like wow how boring yeah <laughs> like he's like oh the old bag switch trick so somehow the security guard is Cece's contact to Ezra. I gotta say, I don't want to be involved in criminal activity, mm -hmm. but sure. bag switches always look so cool. Uh-huh. Whenever I see somebody put a suitcase down next to another suitcase, I'm just like, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the um, 
the the deal the drug deal handshake <laughs> where you you pass off the the drugs and the money during the handshake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a cop come to my to my uh, school one time during an assembly, and he was like, "You know, these drug dealers are getting pretty creative. You know, they'll be like tossing a tennis ball back and forth, but they'll kind of slid in the tennis ball, put something in there, and then throw it over. So it's a way of getting stuff across." And I was like, "That's pretty clever." <laughs> you're like taking notes, and you're like, "What else do these bad guys do?" Yeah, <laughs> so I can know not to do it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think I am definitely the exception in my school, but I definitely learned most of my drug knowledge from um, assemblies telling me not to do drugs. <laughs> like they're like, "These people are huffing computer cleaner now. Don't do that." And, and I'm like, like, "You, you can do that." <laughs> so the security guard must be connected to Ezra somehow. And so Sherlock's like, well, I gotta go grab his phone and look look through it, see what's up. Joan's like, you're not gonna just ask for his phone. He's not gonna just give it to you. Sherlock's like, yeah, no, of course not. I'm gonna pick his pocket. Duh. Dang. He's like, it's a wonderful art. You know, it's all about uh, making eye contact and keep maintaining trust. And also, here's your watch. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
Well, I know the song really well, but not just like, it's like the alphabet where I don't know what comes after J. It's K. I don't know what comes after S. It's T. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know there are three letters after S. And in order to do that, I have to do like the song. So Really? Yeah. It's T-U-V. Right. You just, ha- you, you just, but you, I don't have to do it from the beginning, but I have to go like a, you know what I mean, audience. I, J, K, and L is my murky area. Mm. I do have to kind of go from like F, G, H, I, J, K, L. Yeah. Whenever I'm alphabetizing stuff, you know. Thomas Jefferson, hesitant with the precedent, reticent, there isn't a plan he doesn't jettison. There we go. Hamilton. Hamilton's amazing. When I, I had to look up the lyrics to that because the first time and the first several hundred times after that that I heard that song, I thought he was saying, like, fuck you, Jefferson, and also fuck these other senators, and also fuck you, Madison. Because I thought he was saying, like, Garrison and Redison. I'm like, I don't know history. These (laughs) could easily be other senators from fucking, I don't know, Georgia. Georgia? Yeah, it was before New York and Georgia were separate states. It was Georgia. New York City. (laughs) Quick question. Are there things you do know? I don't know how to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) So they've got to track down the defenestrator. Like I look him up in the phone book? No. So Sherlock is like, what we're going to do is we're going to wait for him to reveal himself. Because people don't tie their real names to their accounts on this Jamaica Key website that they all go on. Mm -hmm. The website that is used by the anonymous hacker organization Mm -hmm. doesn't put their name and social security no. As their username? Mm-mm. Interesting. Yeah. I should change my username. Because <laughs> I didn't know that when I signed up. So Sherlock's like, we got to lure him into saying things about himself. And Joan is like, you're going to stay up all night arguing with people online. And Sherlock's like, yes. Yes. He looks very excited for it, too. <laughs> he's ready. He's like blowing on his fingers, you know, like the GIF or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He, he's just going to be like... I think D'Angelo's is the best sandwich shop in town. What kind of sandwich places nearby do you like? <laughs> my favorite bird that's native to my area is <laughs> the blue-titted songbird. So anybody else have any opinions? <laughs> so they set about to do that, and Joan's like, good night. <laughs> and um, she wakes up the next morning with a visitor. In her room. In her bed. In her bed. With a little piece of his lettuce. But don't worry, he moves very slowly. (laughs) It's Clyde. It's Clyde! And he's still a little turtle. He's he's smaller than the piece of lettuce. Mm Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Well, not after he starts eating it. (laughs) And she comes down the stairs and Sherlock is like, Clyde is in your bed because I'm trying to be a respectful roommate. I have resolved to myself to not wake you up at dawn unless absolutely necessary. And um, I found something I really wanted to tell you about it. So I just put the turtle in there and you'd wake up (laughs) from the turtle. (laughs) Perfect alarm clock. (laughs) He's still being pretty considerate. Yeah. Not very considerate to Clyde, though. What if Joan rolls over? I guess she would (laughs) wake up immediately and be like, what the fuck is... Ah!" Like, how much pressure can you put on a turtle's shell? I don't know, but she'll find out. Because Shell? Yeah. So Sherlock has been up all night. And he's, um, like, kind of acting goofy and amped up now, which I love. Um, but he's, like, and he's telling Joan about how he found the defenestrator. And she said something about 
You know, he's like, I know that she lives within three blocks of this sandwich shop in New York, the blah, blah, blah. And, um... I don't know. He didn't. He doesn't like say everything. Well, actually, doesn't he only say that it was like two things? It was he only got that, and then he like called up Best Buy and was like, "Oh yeah, who 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 in this area has bought a really nice computer? Nice enough to hack, be a little hacker man. Who's bought two monitors at the same time <laughs> recently? Yeah, that is all he says. And he he hands he hands Joan like a zoomed in printout of this woman's facebook profile <laughs> he's like it could only be vanessa hiskey so it's time to go to vanessa hiskey so they go to her apartment she's not answering so there's only one thing to do kick that door in no uh, but subtly with lock picks pick that door in. <laughs> yes so as joan is doing this because joan knows how to do it now uh sherlock is like before you you know throw the last tumble or I just want you to take a moment to appreciate what a beautiful moment this is. We are, we're about to find this guy and like, you know, every federal agency has been trying to find him too and they've all failed, but we've succeeded. We're the best detectives in the world. Because we have the power of friendship. <laughs> Sherlock is like, remind me again how we're losers who don't do anything. We have a life. We have a cool life that's interesting. And then we get a shot of them walking into the apartment and, like, calling out to Ezra and stuff. So you know they're about to find a dead body. Nobody's here. Who's here? Nobody. Nobody alive. Ah! So, unfortunately, Vanessa is dead. Rip. Yeah. So they bring CSU and the captain and everything. And she's. they know she's been murdered because... There's, like, skin cells under her fingernails and stuff. And they're like, so luckily, we just need to get the DNA from that and match it to Ezra. And we got him. Oh, easy peasy. Yeah. And then Belle is like, we don't have his DNA on file because he's never been arrested for anything. And they've never taken a DNA sample from him. Yeah, his employer's only taken a thingy pin. Mm Mm-hmm. Which my employers did. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I was going to be walking around that office with all that financial information. Ooh. They needed to know if I got my little thingies on it. <laughs> they dust that whole place every night. Wow. It's Don't rude. you dare dust anybody else's keyboard. Yeah. Or touch it. <laughs> but really, don't dust it. That's disgusting. <laughs> so they go back to the brownstone, and they I think they're kind of, like, at a loss for things to do. I don't know. Joan is on her laptop... Looking at uh, guys on True Romantics. Boys. who have winked at her on True Romantics. <laughs> Remember when you could poke people on Facebook? Yeah. My roommate in college was like, yeah, the teller and I at this bank poke each other on Facebook. <laughs> We're not Facebook friends. What? Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can poke people who weren't, you could poke people who weren't your friends. Huh. Anyway, Joan is doing that, and she's like, I think this Jeff guy is really cute. I'm going to wink back. And we know that he's normal, because his name is spelled with a J. Oh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, G off out of here. <laughs> and Sherlock's like, hey, can you take my iPad away from me? Because I need to be away from the internet. 
And he's, like, pacing back and forth. It's like, same, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And he says to Joan, um, you know, he's been monitoring this forum that they all go on. But because, you know, eventually somebody's going to have some information about what happened to Ezra. But I've been drawn into this conversation about whether or not Ezra is the victim of a government frame-up. And he's like, are governments corrupt? You know, yeah, every institution is able to be. But they're a lot more capable of being incompetent. <laughs> Hand me my iPad back. I need that. I need to. <laughs> He's like, that's good. That's, that's really good. I need to post that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he says they're capable of evil. Oh. But they're much more capable of incompetence. Yes. <laughs> like, agreed. Hardcore. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. To both. Yeah. Yeah. He's funny. Well, I, I mean, I mean that that is the thing. Like, the people in power, the people in government aren't smarter than you they're not better than you they're just people they're just higher yeah they just have more power they they just yeah i mean if you didn't learn that living between the years 2000 and 2008 <laughs> yeah when are you, when are you gonna learn hey fool me once you can't fool me twice can't fool me again <laughs> they say that in uh in texas and, and i think tennessee <laughs> Some rap song uses that as a sample. I love it. <laughs> so then Joan gets a call. And did you know, like, immediately what was happening with this phone call? Uh, yes. Yeah. So she gets this call on her cell phone. It's like, hey, um, I'm calling about your train set ad. She's like, um, I think you have the wrong number. Bye. And then her computer goes on the fritz. And she gets another call. And... The person's like, hi, I could be there in 20 minutes. She's like, what? He's like, the trains? We're going we're to play trains naked. You said in your ad we could take our clothes off and play trains together. <laughs> That's what you're advertising, so. I would like to do that, please. <laughs> She's like, no, oh my God. Bye. We'll, we'll play with a couple cabooses. <laughs> Let's touch cabooses. <laughs> and then the doorbell rings and a guy is at the door with five pizzas and he's like i've got your pizzas. i actually this actor might be like my favorite extra in the series he just plays clueless pizza delivery guy perfectly <laughs> he's like hey i got you um i, I got your pizzas and john's pizza. like uh we didn't order any pizzas and he's just like uh yeah you did yeah you did i got like 12 more with pineapple in the truck he says he has like 20 more <laughs> But yeah, large pineapples. I also love that in order to prank somebody, you send them pineapple pizza. It's <laughs> like, thanks, bro. That's delicious. Yeah, right. They're like, let's send them something controversial. <laughs> and then Sherlock comes to the door and he's like, you have been duped, sir. But here is a wad of $20 bills that I just carry around. For your trouble. Just for your trouble and, and make sure the pizza goes to, to someone who needs it. Yeah. He's such a sweetheart. I like that. He's like, well, we can't let the food go to waste. Yeah. And also, like, sorry, you're part of this stupid prank. Here's $150. Yeah. We, like, paused it to see how much cash he's holding in that little wad, and it's, like, at least five twenties. So now they go back into the, the brownstone, and Sherlock points to Joan's laptop, and it says, Everyone. And it's like their little logo. Yeah. A bunch of little people. It was the hackers. Ah! They've been hacked. So the hackers must have realized, or like the guard 
the security guard specifically must have realized that uh, the phone was taken and tracked it before he had time to microwave it. Right. So he says, we are being subjected to a life ruin. Is this a thing? Um, I mean, probably. I mean, people get fucking swatted. You don't even need to be a super hacker to do shit like that. Yeah. I just meant, is it called a life ruin? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Um, any hackers in our audience, please let us know on Twitter or uh, maybe Signal. Or know. just shoot us a text. We don't have if Signal. If you're a fucking hacker. Yeah, if you're a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> just change my background on my phone. <laughs> you unlock your phone one day and the background just says, yes, that is a term we use. <laughs> So Sherlock goes up to the media room and he unplugs all the TVs and he, you know, just so that they don't also get all get ruined. And Joan's phone is ringing again and again and again. And Sherlock leaves. And Joan is like, where are you going? And he's like, I'm not going to be able to get any work done in here. So. <laughs> and they go, they go to the police station and Belle is like, hey, did you guys know your phones are down? And Sherlock, Sherlock replies like, yes. <laughs> it's really quiet. It's like just the, the like the smallest yes. Yeah. Like he's like, don't ask any follow up questions. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but since the internet is down, it is time to do what we all do when the internet is down. It's time to look at a cardboard box, <laughs> cry and pray that it comes back up. <laughs> no, the other thing. So this box, this is a box that they found at Vanessa Hiskey's um, apartment that had an Ayn Rand book in it and some other stuff. And Joan is like, well, her bookshelf is in her bedroom. So why would she have this like one box that has a random book in it? They're like, this must be Ezra's box. Right. This box also had like a a map of uh, New York City uh, and a couple other things. Mm -hmm. So he must have been staying somewhere else. And then found Vanessa, and it killed her for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like their conjecture for that is that like they got into a romantic disagreement or something. Like he wanted to date her, and she was like, "No, thank you." And he was like, "Ah." Yeah, you know how guys get. You know how guys who are terrible are. So in this box is a bag, a little sleeve of crackers that's super duper old, and like you said, a map of New York and a map of Venezuela and a uh, Ayn Rand book. And and a copy of Mr. Robot Season 2. Yeah. A DVD and Blu-ray. Uh-huh. And Sherlock is like, wait a minute. These crackers are stale. They're super old. And then they look at the side of the box, and the box says OCD on it. <gasps> what? And apparently OCD stands for Office of Civil Defense. Mm. Which is like a Cold War era, like, gotta be prepared for when the Reds nuke us department. Mm -hmm. So they have all these bunkers under the city. OCD is what I call my butt. It's the orifice of butt duties. But that's... It's my butthole, rather. It's the the orifice. Orifice of butt duties? Butt duties. But that's not a C. That's a B. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind! (laughs) I mean, crap duties. Nope, that, nope. That's disgusting. Okay, sorry for saying that. <laughs> Office of Civil Defense had created all of these bunkers underground for, like, generals to go into if it ever starts popping off with the Reds. 
and then they've been since decommissioned, but they're like, maybe he's hiding in one of these old bunkies, bunkers. So it's time to visit somebody that Sherlock can consult about this. And there's this guy that he knows who has been researching one architect who's responsible for like a lot of New York's structures. And he's been writing a book about this guy his entire life. And he's 75. And John is like, he's been writing one book. It's like uh, the good place, uh, Chidi's book about philosophy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So they go to this guy, Martin Van Kirk or something, and he tells them New York City used to have 41 bunkers under it, but they've all been decommissioned. And Charlotte's like, let me see that. Can I look at that? And he looks at the list of commissioned and decommissioned bunkers, and the list of commissioned bunkers is 41, but the list of decommissioned bunkers is 40. What? That's one fewer. So this guy's just wrong? He's just an idiot? Doesn't know how to count? I don't understand how he... Yeah. Were they not numbered and Sherlock quickly counted them with his brain? Yeah. I don't know. But that means that there's one left. And Jonah's like, well, Ezra had a contract with the, the government, so maybe he could have gotten access to this these plans as well. He noticed what you noticed about the bunkers. So they look up the one that is still there, and they get the address of it. And they're like, okay, thank you, Martin. Goodbye. And he's like, wait... Can you, can you do me a favor? I did something for you. Can you do something for me? You scratch my back, I scratch your back. I scratch your back. So when they leave the building that this guy lives in, Joan is carting around this huge stack. And she's like, how did I agree to read a 5,000 page manuscript? <laughs> she has like a dolly full of boxes mm-hmm. of paper. And Sherlock's like, well, you don't have the internet anymore. So, you know, you need something to do. <laughs> like, I've spent a lot of time on Twitter and, like, Tumblr in years previous. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've read 5,000 pages worth of scrolling. In, in all your time on the internet, you absolutely have. Well, yeah, but I don't think I've done it in, like, a weekend. Right, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, when is this guy expecting the manuscript back? Right, like, I'm pretty sure that's, like, all of the Game of Thrones that are out right now. About plus one. Plus the one that's coming out in 2021. Right. And it's like, I flew through the first book, and it took me a week. A week <laughs> and a half. <laughs> yeah. So, Joan's phone, her Joan phone, her telejoan, <laughs> her cell Joan, is not working because it's been hacked by everyone. And Sherlock is like, you know, Joan, you need to be more like me and have a discreet digital footprint so that it's harder for people to hack you. And then he puts a puts his whistle in his mouth and hails a taxi. <laughs> so Sherlock's phone is also not available. Like, I think he either turned it off or... No, no, he, he looks at his phone and it says no service. Oh, yeah. Yes. So he needs to get a message to Captain Gregson about the, the bunker. This I thought was uh, un- unbelievable or incredible, depending on <laughs> which way you want to interpret it. But um, he, they, you know... Joan's phone doesn't work, and Sherlock's phone has no service, and... It's 2009, so there are no pay phones. <laughs> and so there's this this bike cop comes up, and Sherlock's like, excuse me, I need to get a message to Tommy Gregson, or Thomas Gregson, of the, Captain Gregson of the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I need, I need to, to get, get a message to Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell Tom Tom something. He's like, uh, message to... Captain Gregson of the 11th Precinct. And he says, Ezra Klein 
is hiding in something like and then he says like the location like mm-hmm. second leg of this bridge yeah whatever and the bike cop is like okay got it and then drives away and rides away off. yeah have you ever remembered a message someone gave to you to deliver someone else from them saying it one time uh no but also i'm not a cop i mean one it's just a you know cinematic thing yeah, it would be boring to watch him say it a bunch of times. Uh, but but two, I, I, I feel like the the propaganda here is like cops are like waiters; they they memorize information all the time. <laughs> yeah, I really thought it would cut back to the guy and he'd be writing it down. Yeah, I thought he'd be writing it down too. I also don't know why he didn't just fucking pull out his phone. Yeah, d- d- dispatch it in the radio. I don't know why he's like, okay, I'm a bike messenger now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's like, okay, I'm gonna ride away to a place that has better service. Yeah, <laughs> I do like before before the cop rolls up conveniently. Um, there, there's a guy talking on his phone that walks by, and she looks like, hey, excuse me, can I use your phone? It's police business, and the guy just keeps walking by because it's. New York. <laughs> and also, he's on the phone. Yeah. Like, oh, excuse me, I, I have to hang up our business call. Some random guy says it's police business. Yeah. And you know with Sherlock, he wouldn't give it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then Sherlock says, you know, Joan, you should have a smaller digital footprint. It's harder to fuck with, fuck with me than it is to fuck with you because I have such a discreet digital footprint. And he, he gets the taxi. The whistle finally works. Mm-hmm. And then as Joan is, I like the, the, like, attention to detail here. As Joan is, like, leaning into the taxi to be like, hey, can you pop the trunk? Um, all these cars come up. These big black SUVs with some lights. Boom. Red and blue. Just like at the beginning. Weep, whoop, 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 whoop. Skrr. And they're like, Sherlock Holmes, you're under arrest. We, we got you. We, we found out you're trying to 8644. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what is this about? And they're like, you think we can't trace a blog to an IP address? Yeah, well, they, they roll up and we're like, he's like, we're the Secret Service. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. They, they're like, we saw your blog, 44mustdie.com, <laughs> that has four separate plans to assassinate the president on it. And it was kind of jarring to hear 44 because, like... I feel like people didn't call the president by the number that he was, really, un- like, until Trump. I, normal people, yeah. Like, I knew that he, Obama was the 44th president, mm-hmm. but it's not, I feel like people really were like, don't want to give his name more clout. Uh, he, he who must not be named. Right. So Sherlock is now being inter- interrogated at, you know, the Secret Service office. And he's like, I don't want the president dead. I don't want any of the presidents dead. Well, <laughs> if I was around when Millard Fillmore was around, it would be on site. But <laughs> they're like, don't joke about that. Millard Fillmore was a great president. He's like, we're the Secret Service. We're talking about assassinating a president. It's not time for jokes. And Sherlock's like, um, look in the mirror because you're a fucking joke. Oh, Boom. And he's like, okay, you're looking for somebody who calls themselves Screwdriver, who's publishing hate pamphlets, right? If you call Captain Gregson, because he's like, call Captain Gregson and he'll tell you that I didn't do that, you know? And they're like, we'll get to that. And he's like, can you do it now? Yeah. It's like, I don't really want to talk to you any longer than I have to. Yeah. (laughs) Like, instead of me talking, how about you just do the thing that clears me, bro? 
And then he's like, you're looking for this hate pamphlet person, screwdriver, right? I'll- and they're also like, how do you know that? And he's like, I was in the waiting room and I saw your fucking bulletin board of wanted criminals. Yeah, yeah. It's like the top ten most wanted or yeah. something like that. Not that specifically, but, you know. Top 60. It's somewhere in the office that somebody who's waiting to be interrogated could see. Yeah. Not the biggest secret. So he's like, if you call Tommy Gregson, I will tell you who he is, who Screwdriver is. And they're like, you couldn't possibly know that. And he goes, oh, yeah? Like, I don't know that you're in the late stages of divorce and you've started shaving your chest in anticipation of dating and that you are going vegan and you need to find some better sources of protein or you need to just go back to eating meat. (laughs) Um, figuring out someone's vegan is not impressive. Sherlock, just listen to them talk for five minutes. Oh! Uh, how do you know that there's a vegan at your dinner party? Uh, don't worry, they'll tell you. Uh. I don't think that that stereotype is true. I think it's just people don't like hearing that people are vegan. So anytime you hear it, it's like, oh my god, shut up already. <laughs> like, especially that the... the the old jo- the joke is like, how do you know that there's a vegan at your dinner party? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Like, yes, that would be a great place to tell someone your dietary restrictions. Yeah. Like, oh, how do you know somebody has an egg allergy? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> Doctors joking around, like, how do you know if a patient has a penicillin allergy? <laughs> anyway. Sorry, didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm not offended. I have a thick skin. It's from all the vegetables I eat, because I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> so they get released, and Sherlock's standing outside the building, and Joan catches up to him. And it's just, I feel like I have, like, deja vu from the time that the CIA questioned them. Mm-hmm. She's like, I just spent three hours explaining that I did not want to assassinate the president. But Sherlock says, well, I just heard from the captain. They looked at the bunker, and it was empty. All that was there was a card with everyone's logo on it. So... Maybe they were here. They heard the police dispatch radio. Do you think they they left it behind on purpose? Oh yeah. And be like, ha, screw you guys. Yeah, they're trolls. Yeah. Yeah. So Sherlock says that he heard, has heard that from Gregson, and Joan is like, "Oh, your phone is working again." And Sherlock's like, "No, this is the this is Officer Pokes, which is like the guy that brought them in." <laughs> you were the FBI, I guess. <laughs> He's like, "I liberated it from him." Like, mm-hmm. It's about liberty. Sure. This guy loves pickpocket in this episode. Yeah. A lot of pockets that need picking. So then they finally go home. And they're chilling at the brownstone. And Joan is looking at, like, papers or something. Because she's not looking at the internet. And there's a knock on the door. And she opens the door and it's this guy, Jeff. Jeff from the dating site. Yeah. He's like, hi, I'm Jeff from the dating site. You're Joan Watson. From the dating site? From the dating site. And she's like, yeah, What's what's going on? What's up? My first thought was like, did they plan to to meet up and she just forgot because she had a busy CIA day? I thought that the hackers sent him a message being like, let's hang out. Come over to my place. Which they might have done. So he explains that he's like, yeah, we matched on the dating site. Um, We sent a few nice messages back and forth. And then you started sending me some really weird stuff. That all had your home address in them. So I thought that was a little weird. And also your profile had some interesting thoughts on same-sex marriage. (laughs) And Joan is like, oh my god, that's not me. I didn't write that. 
And he's like, yeah, no, I, f- I figured, like, I'm not a computer expert, but you look like you've been hacked. I wanted to, just wanted to come by and see if you're okay. And I have your home address, so. <laughs> so it was easy. you sent it eight times. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wow, that's really sweet. Um, yeah, let's hang out in a few days. No, I'm in kind of in the middle of something, but I'm, I'm good. I'm okay overall. Thank you for, for checking on me. And this is very sweet of this guy. I think this is how you know that Joan is in the over 30 dating age bracket. Mm. Because I think if you sent a bunch of weird messages to someone on, like, Tinder, Mm -hmm. they would be like, oh, this person's weird and was hiding it from me for a while. (laughs) It's like, oh, time to delete and block them. Right, right. Then, (laughs) Then you hear in the background, Sherlock goes, ha, hack this. So... Sherlock has said, you know, they've got our power turned off, but they can't hack our generator, and I'm connected to the neighbor's Wi-Fi. So there we go. My laptop's <laughs> running. So there, everyone. <laughs> and Sherlock says, you know, I've found that a heartfelt apology still goes, still works wonders nowadays. Joan is like, if you post an apology, they're just gonna, like, troll you, or whatever. And Sherlock's like, but they're engaging, and that's what counts. <laughs> All I need is those views. Right? He's like Trisha Paytas. Like, any click is a click. I don't care if they're disliking the video. They're still interacting with it. (laughs) So he's in a chat, like, chat board, basically, with with a bunch of people and everyone. And they're saying stuff like, um, you gotta post a picture of you with a shoe on your head. Shoe on your head. Shoe on head. Shoe head. And he's like, ugh, it's a ritual humiliation for the tribe very well and he goes to take off his shoe and somebody else says send naked pics and he's like hmm alrighty and he stands up and takes <laughs> off his belt and they're like not you the chick and Joan is like no yeah, fuck you guys and Sherlock's like Joan it's for a murder investigation <laughs> and Joan is like no but then somebody in the chat says it doesn't matter Ezra's gone anyway <gasps> and Sherlock's what? like huh what do you mean gone and they're like gone far away and Sherlock's like, please provide more information. <laughs> please keep talking. Mm-hmm. And somebody joins in the chat and is like, everyone, we shouldn't be talking to him. Shut up. And Sherlock's like, why? And then posts again, why shouldn't you be talking to me? And there's nothing. Silence. Silence. I thought this chat should be more like a Twitch chat. Like, it should have been going a lot faster. But. I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to be realistic, but I guess they like, were just trying to like. Have it be an easily read conversation. True. Also should have been a lot more uh, uh, Poggers uh, emotes. <laughs> Did you hear that the Poggers emote guy is no good? Mm-hmm. And so they 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 use a new streamer for it, like, every day or something. I wonder if Sherlock has ever made a Poggers face. We'll have to keep watching. <laughs> so that was kind of mysterious. Everybody just stopped talking. Sherlock's like, but they're a hacker collective. They don't have a, a queen bee. Right. So who is this Jormungandr to tell everyone to shut up? Um, and Sherlock, I think, works into the night on this, and Joan goes to bed. <laughs> Can you blame her? No. So the next morning, Joan wakes up, and she's like, hey, it's nine o'clock. You didn't wake me up. Nor did Clyde. And Sherlock's like, well, I didn't need to. We're not busy till 4.42 today. 422. 422, excuse me. Yes, it's important. Because not only is it a time, it's 422. It's 420 as well. 
you know. So Sherlock says, I thought it would be nice to have a leisurely breakfast. He's sitting next to the fireplace and he's got this like picnic blanket on the floor with all this like breakfast spread. And he's cooking stuff on the fire in the fire because the power is still out. And the way he's cooking it is he's got this bike tire on the spoke, like a little table. And he's like rotating it around to like put the bread on it and then like rotate it in front of the Mm-hmm. Fire and there's a there's a tea kettle on mm-hmm. there as well and a little uh, cast iron pan with an omelet in it. <laughs> it just looks really it just looks really cute. The whole thing <laughs> is so great. And he's he's holding a um, an oven mitt to move the bike tire. Not it's not a tire. It's the wheel. It's just the metal part. I always get those mixed up. But it looks cute because it's a little mitten, and so he looks like he's wearing a little mitten. <laughs> so the four twenty two number. The blaze it as well number comes from he's figured out where Ezra Kleinfelter is going to be this afternoon. So Ezra Kleinfelter has two options, right? He can either stay in the country as a fugitive, which would be difficult, difficult, not fun. uh, Or he could turn himself in. (laughs) There are three options for him. Yeah, he can turn himself in. He could stay where he is or he can go to another country. That's, you know, maybe he has no expert extradition laws but obviously they're monitoring to see if he buys a plane ticket Mm -hmm. and there's no way you know you can't use a fake identity and then go through the tsa line and not get flagged and sherlock's like but private planes are a lot less regulated and jonah's like ah so he just needs a plane (laughs) and he's like no he just needs an ally with a plane Mm -hmm. One of my best friends is plain. <laughs> I don't think you're plain. You're not a plain either. I think you're wonderful. Okay, two compliments in one episode. Way too much. Sorry. So this is kind of a long path that Sherlock follows. But Jormungandr is from Norse mythology. He's the third son of Loki and Amagogolong. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And... He's a serpent that got so big he could circle the earth and bite his own tail. And there's this guy who 10 years ago made some software that did something that he sold for about a billion dollars. And he's just been living out his days now as a rich guy who's a big advocate for information privacy or freedom of information. Those are opposites. (laughs) The opposite of that, yeah. Uh, and Joan's like, that's what everyone loves. The collective, not the people. Mm-hmm. And the software that he sold was called Auroboros. And its logo was a snake eating its own tail. Because that's what Auroboros is. That's what it is. That's what it is. I gotta say, though, the two pictures that they, they showed of this, it looked like a, a sneak... A sneak. A snake eating its own tail, but the snake had, like, the head of an eagle. Yeah, it has a weirdly pointy face. Yeah. Maybe it is a snake with the head of an eagle, but they thought that was too complicated to put into the script. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would make sense. Mythology always has animal amalgamations. Snake, you couldn't say, but animal amalgamations (laughs) (laughs) rolls off the tongue. (laughs) So, this guy who's got this um, Ouroboros money has a private plane that's going to be landing in New York City at 442. 22. 22. <laughs> 422. And leaving for Venezuela a few minutes later. Venezuela? 
That's where all the Nazis go. I mean, all the bad guys go. <laughs> Plus, he had that travel guide to Venezuela pamphlet in his in his box, his old box. This is where they're going to get Ezra Kleinfelter, obviously. Obviously, very nice. So they chill, you know, and then they end up at this private airport. And at four twenty-two on the dot, this guy, this millionaire. And uh, Ezra Kleinfelter arrive. Ezra Kleinfelter, of course, is disguised as the guy's driver. So that's kind of a... I always think that's kind of clever. You know, you don't think to look at the driver, except that you always do, because <laughs> it's a convenient disguise. He was actually disguised as the car. Yeah. What? So they go to arrest him. They're like, we finally gotcha. And he's like, mm, that's nice, but I am going to get on this plane. And you're not going to arrest me. Because if you do... Fourteen innocent people will die. Will die. Thundercrack. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, go in my bag. There's an envelope. I like how he says, one of you go in my bag. And Sherlock is just like, it'll be me. I will do it. I am the one to do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically, he's like, here's the name of a spy. Call the number on that. Post it that you're holding. Call that number and you'll... And tell them that you know that this guy is in Morocco as our intelligence liaison there. And they'll ask you how you know that. Boom. So he has the names of 14 spies. Which, if you leak that, is bad. Yes, the spies will probably dies. Yes. And Gregson calls the number that he says, and it's it's true. And he's like, we gotta let him go. So they do. But not before Joan goes up to him and grabs his wrist and goes, you killed Vanessa Hiskey. We know it. And we're going to prove it. Okay. Have a safe trip. (laughs) And so he gets on the plane. And then there's this shot that I'm going to tweet because it's so fucking funny. It's this shot of, of the whole team as they're like watching the plane go off. And they look very, they all look very dramatic. They're all, you know, it's mad. Stern looking. Yeah. It kind of looks like a album cover. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Sherlock, whose whole face is scrunched up because it must have been really windy and sunny or something. And Sherlock does that too. Sherlock doesn't ever have a determined noble look on his face. Mm-hmm. But he's just really, they're like, it looks like it was like, okay, everybody make a, like, a dramatic face. And Johnny Lee Miller was like, the sun hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's too goofy. So anyway, Joan is like, hey, you think Venezuela would let this guy in um, if they knew he was a murderer? And they're like, uh, yeah, but we can't tie him to it. And she's like, well, I stole his watch. <gasps> what? And she looks so cute when she, like, holds it up. <laughs> like, look what I got. Ooh. So she learned. She did the pickpocketing thing. And it's so great because Sherlock is like, whoa, 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 wait. I didn't teach you that yet. And Joan's like, motherfucker, I'm a doctor. I looked it up myself. And also the internet has been down, so I've had nothing else to do but some light reading on how to pickpocket people. Yeah. Sherlock is like, if we get some skin cells from this watch, we can, you know, get a little creative about how we found, how we got the watch. But... We should be able to tie him to Vanessa Hiskey and and save those spies. And they're like, okay, but if we prevent him from going to Venezuela, he's still going to release the names. And he's like, yeah, but this is a nine-hour nine flight. Nine hours. I got Sherlock Holmes with nine hours. I'm going to identify 13 more spies. <laughs> and then he, he goes to congratulate Joan with a pat on the shoulder and, like, extends his arm out and then 
stops just short of actually patting her with his whole hand and then like taps her with It's so great because they don't do physical contact. Yeah. And it's like, this would be a great moment to like give her a big hug and be like, you're awesome. And he does that in his own way, which is just like tap. Yeah. It's like his way of saying like, I know that touching you is appropriate right now to congratulate you. <laughs> this is what I'm comfortable with. But I, I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't want to. So Sherlock says, it's time to give our client an update. Because remember at the start of this episode when that funny guy came in who was not... So not German, man. German. And uh, he hired Sh- Sherlock and Joan. Sherlock goes to him. But he goes to his office in Reading... Whatever it is. Building. Building. And the guy walks into his office, it's dark, and Sherlock is like, Hello, Mr. Honeycutt. He's so dramatic. <laughs> How much of Sherlock's life do you think is spent in dark rooms waiting for people? <laughs> so much. <laughs> He's like, this will be so much cooler if the light's not on. <laughs> That's so true. He does that all the time. And the guy's like, oh, how did you get in here? And Sherlock just shrugs. Moves on. Yeah. So I, guess I scaled up the window. What do you think? <laughs> Sherlock is like, okay, so you must have known that Ezra had this list of spies. You have access to Redding's files and were able to see what got copied, what got moved, what Ezra took with him. Yeah. So then Mr. Honeycutt is like, yeah, the board decided on a strategy of containment, which is to say... We were going to kill that dude. Yeah. Plug up the leak by stopping his heart. (laughs) By plugging up some arteries. (laughs) Or maybe plugging his nose and holding his mouth closed. Ah. So then Sherlock says, listen, you know the names of the spies that are going to be released. We are going to arrest this dude. He's going to release the names. So you have to tell the government who they, what names he has so that they can protect the spies. Even though it will look bad for Redding and the board won't be very happy with you, you got to do this because you used to be a spy. You know what it's like. You know what it's like. You know what it'd be like for these people to, to you know, be that deep undercover. If they get exposed, they will be deep underground. Ugh, six feet. And he's like, the board would never go for that. And he's like, fuck the board! I didn't come to the board. I'm talking to you, I man. I come break into the boardroom. Because nobody's in there. <laughs> I'd be waiting till Monday. <laughs> By the way, thank goodness this not-German spy guy happened to go back to his office. He stays tonight. late. So they got him. The, the spy guy agrees to, I mean, he doesn't agree to do it. But Sherlock's like, I'm going to do this. You know what has to happen. I have told you what needs to be done, so those souls are not on my conscience. So everything's back to normal. Their power is back, their internet is back, and they're seeing on the news that this guy got arrested. Yay! Yeah. It's time for character development. Yay! It's time for hanging out. I think you mean friendship development. Friendship development. So Joan is getting ready for a jog. Sherlock is like, you should check the voicemail on your phone and on the landline because people might, clients might have called. And Joan is like, I'm not being a detective today. I'm going to check my social media and see who unfriended because of my hack. Who everyone offended with their hacking of me. And I'm going on a date tonight. Don't wait up. And then Sherlock is looking at a letter that's from, just says from Newgate to Sherlock Holmes, blah, blah, blah. And it says, you know, 
you're the only person in the world that gets me gets me but do you think it's even possible to understand another person to really know another person be curious to know your thoughts on this and then joan comes home from her date so this is later anyway joan comes home from her date and sherlock's like oh must have been good if you had a good night kiss and joan is just like shut up i'm not even gonna ask can you know because i don't care (laughs) and then she says yes they weren't sparks but it was fun and then she says you know i think it's sad that you've given up on love I shouldn't be the only person who knows you. Hmm. Because she's like, you have a lot to offer the world. Yeah, it's a really sweet moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's more than just the crimes he solves. Yeah. And and he does have a lot to offer, but no one ever sees it because he pushes everyone away. Except Joan! Except Joan. Well, he did push Joan away, but Joan stuck to it. Yeah. Nah, they're friends. They're other friends and they nah. live together. And they touch each other on the shoulder sometimes. Very gingerly. So Sherlock keeps reading this letter. And it, his voice, reading it in the voiceover, melds into Natalie Dormer's. <gasps> mm. Moriarty. Moriarty. And it's like, I'm very bored here. I think about you all the time. I wish you would write me back. Yours forever, Jamie Moriarty. I like that they went with Jamie instead of Jane. Oh, because it was originally James? James, Moriarty. yeah. Yeah, I like Jamie better. It has a more powerful sounding it doesn't sound like a cartoon character from the 50s. Yeah. And and also, it, it, it also plays into the, like, sometimes I have my lieutenants pretend that they're me. Because it's a, it's a guy. And Jamie is ambidextrous is the only word. <laughs> it's androgynous. Jamie is bisexual. Well? Well? So also in this final wrap-up thing, uh, Sherlock's reading the letter and he gets really emotional. And he, you gotta just watch it. His face is so good. There's so much face acting happening. Joan is on her laptop and she starts to write a Word document and it says the case book of Sherlock Holmes. And then she deletes it and just types Sherlock Holmes and just stares at it. Okay. I, I, I like that because I, my guess is that she often after being a sober companion, has to write a case book of patient. Uh, like they're the case? I think it's the book of his cases. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, whatever she was intending to write about, whether it was from a clinical standpoint or from a case standpoint, I think she then decides, no, like I just said, he's more than that. And so whatever I'm going to write about him is about him and not just what he does. Yeah. But yeah, it's a nice ending. Yeah. Nice episode. Yeah. And then the credits roll, and one producer in the show is named Jill Footlick. <laughs> have we not mentioned that yet? I don't think we have. <laughs> yeah. I think about it every time. Every time I see it, it sticks out to me. Yeah. So that's our episode. As we just said, nice episode. Good plot. Liked the characters. I like that it was uh, Joan Detective Heavy. Yeah. She's, she's in this to win this. She's serious about this. It's awesome. So I tweeted two things about this episode. One, telling people that it was about hackers and leaking classified info and asking for questions. And And asking for passwords. And asking for passwords, which several of you very graciously sent in, which I appreciate. Did you know that if you tweet us your password, it will come up in all asterisks? Only one way to find out. Your banking passwords. I might have been um, in a part of a, a, a RuneScape password scheme at one point in my life oh no yeah did you get hacked no i was a part of it (gasps) It, it's i I think i think what happened was i fell for it 
And then I was like, oh, crap. And then, like, changed my password. And then I saw someone else doing it. And I was like, ah, it'd be funny if other people also had to go through what I went through. So you typed, like, eight asterisks. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, it well, worked. crazy. Rude. Yeah. How old were you when that happened? I played a little bit of RuneScape with a kid I babysat back when I was in high school. But not much. So most of my RuneScaping was, like, middle school. Okay. The only acceptable answer for me would be, like... Between 8 and 12. Yeah, I was like 12. Yeah. Like, oh, like 10 to 12 months. I was a baby. <laughs> you couldn't drink water yet, <laughs> but you could play RuneScape. So if you want to send us questions um, or look at the things that we tweet, like the thing that I said I was going to tweet at the end of this episode, you can find us on Twitter and on Tumblr at LMNOPcast. Tumblr, we're just going to post the episodes, but you can send in asks and replies and such. So we got a tweet from underscore Banui underscore a.k.a. Roy, guest of the show, chronologically second. And she asks, If you are a collective of hackers, not based on a real-life one, and definitely not one that describes yourself as Legion, what would you call yourselves? I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, based on ancient Greek, uh, and there's a bit of Odysseus uh, in there. And so I think I'm going to use a page from his book, and we'd call ourselves Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's hacking us. Nobody stole my passwords. <laughs> nobody, nobody. Nobody knows my password for porn sites. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody hacked you. That's smart. The other thing we could call ourselves is everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Hackers hack. All, All right. right. Well, our Wi-Fi is named after the dog, mm-hmm. so I do feel like it would be named after the dog. Ah, we're the Bobo backers. We are Jill Footlick. Because <laughs> Balto loves to footlick feet. He does love to footlick. Sorry to Jill Footlick for being disrespectful. Sorry to Jill Footlick for your fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> For your name being that. So uh, the other thing that I tweeted was just um, a screen cap from the episode where Lucy Lou just looks really pretty. And I was watching the episode by myself to take notes and I just paused and I screamed to myself. So I just took a quick little screenshot and then posted it. Anybody else losing their minds over how pretty Lucy Lou here is or is it just me? And we got some retweets and some likes. So I think other people also like it. So if you want some more Lucy pics... Or info about our episodes. Send footlick pics. <laughs> you can join our Discord. It's in our episode descriptions, and it is the pinned tweet on our Twitter. And, uh, you know, you can see Moon Joan and Bull Sherlock and thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Belle. <laughs> um, we would love to have you there. And another thing I'd, I would like to ask humbly with my shoe on my head and my hat in my hand for some... Reviews, please, on iTunes. We'd love feedback. We'd love some footback. <laughs> rate, rate us five stars. Please, if you didn't like it, rate it five stars and leave a mean comment. And if you did like it, rate it five stars and write a nice comment. <laughs> we would like to thank our hosts, Noisespace.xyz, um, because they host not only LMNOP, but other podcasts, such as HKIPGTD, which is Henry Kissinger, is Pokemon Going to Die? KXY. Or actually KXW. Yes. The <laughs> the podcast of Kyle XY. Why? As well as Podcasting is Forbidden in the Cloud Recesses, Roy's podcast. P- PBDS. Nana Roy's Nightmare and Era. 
M-O-Q. It's not close to... I know, I can't do it, so I'm just saying letters. <laughs> yeah, I just realized PDS is not... Are you telling me that marinara doesn't start with a Q? <laughs> Night marinara. Nightmare in era. Oh, well, oh. Because it's creepypastas. Gotcha. One word. That's clever. I like that. It is, and it's a good podcast. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of them. So go to noispace.xyz to learn more. Uh, we'd also like to thank Noah Geist at Owl Dude for our intro song. And we'd like to thank the Backstreet Boys for the song Everybody. And we'd like to thank listeners that like you. <laughs> listeners that like you. Thank you for listening. I have been Val Flight Cub. You can find me on Twitter at Flight Cub Buh. The second B stands for Twitter. I am still Alec. I have also been Alec. Will continue to be Alec. All of that right here on this couch. This marble, as it always does, will keep on rolling. Goodbye. Green bean. Everybody